This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, it is uh, Thursday, 27 April in the year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to the second hour of the War Room. Uh, let's go. We've got two great heroes and leaders of this movement in this incredible fight right now over saving the nation from this out of control spending in our in our debt. Uh, we've got Andy Biggs of Arizona and Chip Roy's joining us by phone. I'll start with Congressman Roy from Texas. Uh, Politico is reporting that the White House has kind of been meltdown because McCarthy was able to pull together 218 votes, which they never thought would happen, and kind of put it in the grill that we gave a we gave an opening bid here. The Biden White House supposedly does not know how to respond. Your thoughts, sir? Well, first of all, I'm glad to be on with Andy, my great friend. Andy's one of the warriors of conservatism, and uh, he and I ended up on different places on the boat on this because Andy, being a patriot, wanted to see more cuts and wanted us to go even further. Uh, I think we got to a place that was good to get sent over to the Senate uh, to jam it down Schumer's throat and the, and the president's throat because they refused to sit down at the table. You know, we got basically $4.8 trillion in reductions, a trillion dollars in year one reductions. Andy was one of the guys who wanted upfront cuts from day one. Uh, we all joined in with him on that battle to get a trillion dollars up front. I think we got some really good policies put here to go put it on to them, make them have to answer why they're not going to respond like we did. Say, if you want to raise the debt ceiling, okay, which none of us want to do, we don't want to borrow more money for our kids and grandkids, then we damn well ought to get some changes. And that includes getting rid of the student loans. That includes cutting actual discretionary spending to reset the baseline. That includes getting COVID money back. That includes getting rid of the, the uh, ridiculous subsidies in the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, which goes into the fat cat wallets of all of these you know, green corporate whores who are out there screwing our country up and make us beholden to China while they get rich and we subsidize them, screwing up our economy and undermining oil and gas. So these are all things that move the ball forward down the field. And uh, I look forward to watching Democrats try to, uh, you know, paint us into a corner and use the same scare tactics that we want to cut money from women and children and old people and everything else. We're going to fight back and say we want economic growth and and uh, to save our country for our kids. Congressman Roy, and I think I've got it right. You you were chief of staff before you became a congressman. You've been in these debt ceiling fights for, for, for many, many years and have been part of some of the best action we've had to, to really jam people up and make them face the fact that we can't keep spending like this. Do you think, I mean, I understand this was an interim to try to get to something that, to force Biden these guys to respond, but in a perfect, in a more perfect world, where would Chip Roy start doing this? Because four and a half trillion, as you know, is not gonna get us there. Where, where do we go from here? Well, it's a great question. And, and, like, and I also wanna be careful about saying, you know, it's an opening shot and all of that. Like, we think this is an actual responsible approach. If the president or the Senate wants to counter, then they need to counter with something that's responsible. And you and I both know full well they won't do that. I don't want Republicans to start negotiating already about, well, it's an opening shot, but we'll, you know, we'll cut it down. The fact is, we know we have to deal with mandatory spending at some point, but we need to have the willingness to sit down and figure out the right way to do it to preserve Social Security retirement benefits and Medicare benefits 
while we actually address the problem. But Andy and I and others in the Freedom Caucus, we laid down a marker saying you got to reduce discretionary spending. Uh, we got to go cut the bureaucrats. You got to go tar- target the woke weaponized bureaucracy that's advancing all this CRT, critical race theory, and Marxist garbage. Go, you know, let's go abolish an agency. Get rid of the Department of Education and give that money back to the people. Let's be bold. Let's go. I think right now we ought to double down and say, let's go get rid of the World Health Organization that's screwing the American people's sovereignty and siding with China. Let's go go after ATF because they're trying to make felons out of Americans for pistol braces. Let's go after the NIH and CDC and FDA because of the COVID tyranny. Let's go after, you know, let's go down the line. Let's go defund these world organizations. So I think there's a lot that we can do. We can go further than than we did here. But this got us to be able to get Republicans together to send this over to the Senate and make them choke on it. Yeah, last thing, I was thinking if Biden and there's talk right now that Biden may come back and just say, hey, look, you didn't you didn't hear me. It's it's a clean death ceiling. Is there I, I would, certainly wouldn't say make this opening bid to concede anything. Do you think if Biden comes back and tries to play smash mouth that, hey, clean debt ceiling or nothing? that you will then have uh, enough leverage to say, okay, let's have a real old-fashioned fight on this thing and even come back with something harder. I absolutely uh, believe that and do not intend to give uh, an inch in that direction. I mean, look, I'm not saying that there isn't some place where we can land this plane uh, for a shorter maybe debt ceiling hike or something. I mean, you know, like I said, we've all talked about those ideas. Uh, You want to raise it, you know, a certain amount or do it for three months or six months, we can talk about one price tag. But at the end of the day, if you dare try to come to us with a clean debt, the so-called clean debt ceiling increase, that is borrowing money with no changes. That is an absolute no. That is a burn the place down. We're going to bring bring this place to a standstill. Uh, no go. And I think Republicans agree with that. There's probably a handful that might want to get a little wishy-washy. But we will try to deal with that, you know, uh, straight up. I've been very honest with my colleagues, happy to work with them to get something over to the Senate. But no, no, no way do we go cut some sort of deal like that. Well, what's great is to know that in this uh, in the in the proposal you put forward in the first week of uh, of January that you, you actually had thought out and gamed out uh, where we'd be in, in getting uh, in getting some leverage here in this debt ceiling. Finally, yep. Roy, you've got a big event. Uh, this weekend. Uh, can you tell us our audience about it? We want to make sure everybody that's there can attend or get it on live stream or however they can get the content of you and your colleagues. Well, we got a big event down in Austin, Texas uh, that we're going to have down there on the border. Uh, we're going to be trying to encourage, uh, you know, look, we're trying to do what we can here in D.C. We passed legislation out of the Judiciary Committee a week ago. Um, Andy and I worked on that together to uh, move it through. Uh, that would actually do the job of securing the border. Basically, it adopts President Trump's policies, for the most part, with respect to migrant protection protocols, enforcing the law, not releasing people. Uh, we got to get that off the House floor and over the Senate. But while Biden and the Senate stand in our way, we need Texas to hold the line. We're trying to encourage the Texas legislature and, and the Texas governor, uh, uh, governor and the folks down there to stand up and hold the line. So we're going to be at the Capitol in Austin. Uh, this this Saturday, I think it starts at noon. A lot of great patriots going to be there. Uh, Jason Jones, I don't know, you, you know, he's a great guy down there following all the cartels. Uh, Laura Logan, a whole bunch of great folks. And so I hope people will show up at the state capitol in Austin on uh, Saturday. We'll make sure we drive uh, a lot of traffic there. Congressman, last thing, your social media, how do people uh, follow you, your web page? Uh, they want to know more about uh, how you're driving these policies. Yeah, absolutely. On Twitter, it's uh, Chip Roy, C-H-I-P-R-O-Y-T-X, Chip Roy, Texas. 
Uh, and uh, on uh, the website, my official website is uh, roy.house.gov. And, uh, yeah, look, we're going to be out there and keep trying to push through this and message to make sure we force this on the Senate and, uh, and the president. We need help. We need the American people. You need to engage. You're listening nationwide. Push your Republicans to hold the line. Let's not give an inch. We laid the marker down. Let's go further now. And if you're in a Democratic district, you go make sure your Democrat members of Congress know as well. And the last thing is demand that we secure the border. When Title 42 ends week after next, man, it is going to be a mess at the border. Uh, again, we passed a good bill out of House Judiciary. But that's a long way from getting signed by the president. We need to rally for freedom, rally for sovereignty, rally behind um, uh, the people here who are trying to carry forward President Trump's great policies at the border. Congressman, we just had uh, we had Todd Benson on last hour, and uh, Todd just got back from Reynosa, and there's 15,000 Haitians right yep. there in Reynosa, right across from McAllen, all waiting to come as soon as Title 42 is left. So we got a cri- we got beyond a crisis in this nation right now, and so uh, proud that you're going to go down to Austin and rally, folks. Amen. Well, thanks, that Todd also lives in Austin, and he's a great American, and exposes a lot of what's going on going on along with Jason Jones. You, you thank you for what you do on doing that. Um, we can win this fight. The American people are with us, especially Hispanic voters. I mean, you know, President Trump won a, a border county in Texas for the first time in 100 years. Hispanic voters are with us. And, and you know, Governor DeSantis won 62 percent of voters in Florida after sending a shipment of folks up to Martha's Vineyard. Governor Abbott uh, won his election after sending folks up to Kamala Harris's uh, house. Look, we win when we're on offense. We win in the rule of law. We win when we're not playing race politics. And dividing us up by race and identity. We ran when we stand up for America. And uh, gosh, I hope that uh, Republicans understand that here on the Hill and throughout the country. Uh, Congressman Chirpoy, God bless you. Thank you for coming on. Look forward to following you on social media. Amen. Take care. God bless. Thanks, brother. Uh, Obviously, I want to talk to you about the budget and your heroic fight here, but let me talk to you. You've been the leading tip of the spear on uh, the border uh, invasion, and particularly what's happened in Arizona, these other border states is outrageous. Uh, every state's a border state, every city's a border uh, city, every town's a border town. Uh, give me your update. You're the first guy, I believe, to put out impeachment, uh, uh, to document impeachment on Mallorcas, on all of them, on the invasion of the southern border. We had, we had Benzman on, there's 15,000 Haitians now uh, in, in Reynosa, he says there's three times that many, I guess, from Venezuela uh, in uh, in Juarez. Uh, this thing gets worse every day. Uh, the Biden uh, regime lies to Congress every day, straight up. Where do you think we stand? Well, I've got even worse news than Todd does, because I just got off the phone with uh, a county supervisor from uh, my state, sits right on the border. They just had a briefing with uh, the sector chiefs from San Diego through Yuma to Tucson, and they are told that there's between 700,000 and a million people massing uh, south of the border that when Title 42 goes away, uh, the cartels have planned to overwhelm the system. And so what's gonna happen there, Steve, is what they're anticipating. They do not have enough resources to keep them in the detention and processing facilities uh, they don't have enough personnel, and uh, and so when those facilities get full, what's going to happen? And, and this is this is real because we've seen things like this in the past uh, under this administration. They're going to just take pictures. They're not even going to do full-on um, processing. They're going to take pictures. If we're lucky, fingerprints. Probably not even that. And then they're going to release them right into the local communities along the border. That's what's going to happen. 
it will be unlike anything we've ever seen, far worse than the, the uh, uh, Haitians uh, underneath the bridge uh, in Del Rio, uh, where you had 28,000 people come over the course of three days. Steve, it, it, uh, and basically the word that, they, that the locals are getting is, uh, and I hate to use this term, but this is what, what they said was, was they were actually told by uh, CBP officials is, I'm sorry, you're screwed. And the problem with it is CBP agents and their families, uh, their support system, they all live in these communities. They know how bad it's going to be, but this administration is not going to back them up, not going to help them. It's going to be overwhelming, Steve. We're bringing some news here. Give me, give me that again. You just got off the phone with a sector chief. Did I hear the number 700,000 to a million, sir? Uh, it was not with the sector chief. It was with a, a county supervisor in Arizona. And he was, he was relaying that they just had this briefing um, with the, the sector chiefs and CBP and some of the NGOs and, and you know, uh, uh, mayors and council members from uh, San Diego to, to Yuma and beyond uh, moving east. And that's the number that they gave them. And they said that the, the number coming through the Darien Gap, and I've had this for, uh, confirmed from a different source I, when I was talking um, earlier this week, is that there's more than a growth of 500% uh, people coming through the Darien Gap, and that's in Panama um, in the last uh, a week or two. They, the cartels are experts. They know that the U.S. will logistically facilitate this, specifically under the Biden administration. So they've ginned up, and they're going to overwhelm the system. We, who knows how many bad uh, guys are going to come in, how much drugs are going to come in, how much problem people, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have uh, terrorists, you're going to have gangbangers, you're going to have uh, human and sex trafficking because we will simply be overwhelmed. And um, the numbers, I, I guess the official number was 688,000, uh, but that was from a month ago or so, and they anticipate now between 700,000 and a million. Can we hang on, can we pull the clip uh, from this morning? Do we have that? No, okay, fine. Uh, this morning, I wanna go to the, I wanna tie this to the budget, and if I get it, I wanna pay, play, we'll play in the call this morning. Um, Speaker McCarthy was on uh, CNBC and uh, had um, um, the, the CNBC guy that's the most conservative, Joe, and he um, and he was going after him talking about these ultra mega radicals, these ultra mega extremists on the budget. And they specifically talked about the defunding of the FBI. I said, you guys are essentially want to defund the police and you want an open border because you're cutting money here for Border Patrol. Now, the reason we want you on, you're the you're the big, I'm, I tell you what, we've got it. Let's play this. I want you to hear it, and I want you to respond, because this is targeted directly at Congressman Andy Biggs, one of the great patriots and one of the few individuals that fights every day to secure the border. Let's go ahead and play the clip. What was, uh, getting back just to the death thing, what was a little bit disconcerting is, I don't know whether it's gaslighting or, or what I call it, but I'm, I'm hearing that you now in this bill... I heard Senator Van Hollen say you're trying to cut and defund law enforcement and you're also cutting all of the border security funds. So I just don't even know how you respond when we're that far apart on both sides. And both sides are so willing to demagogue and, and 
you know, ultra mega. That's all I, wacko. These are wacko ideas. Uh, if someone should actually uh, have to actually try to get a job to, to you know, to, to receive some things at home. So I, I don't know how you ever come together, Speaker. And I don't know how you, you know, well, the first, I, the first thing me I, at CNBC, because we're talking about the full faith and credit of the U.S. government here. The, the thing that you should look at is anytime someone says about the bill, just simply ask one question. Show me where it's written in the bill. Show me where in the bill that it says we cut anything. In the process, we simply go back to the spending levels we were at four months ago. Where four months ago, did a, a number of new border people be hired or cops get hired in that process? The only people who've defunded the police have been the Democrats, openly and willingly. And we've watched what happens in crime in our community. Uh -huh. If you watch and compare what has passed in the House and what has passed in the Senate, there's a big, big uh, comparison there. We right, are simply speaker. doing the work that we said the American public we would do. So Congressman Biggs, uh, and by the way, Joe Keenan there was, was actually saying what the Democrats say, but you can get the gist of it, that the Andy Biggs of the world this ultra mega extremist are are going to give us an open border because the cuts you're talking about are cuts that are going to get rid of all law enforcement, all border patrol, all of it. What say you, sir? Well, I mean, the guy was right that the left demagogues this stuff because um, the the Republicans are the only ones that actually recognize that there's a crisis on the border. Steve, yesterday in a committee hearing. A prominent Democrat actually said this. She referred to the border crisis as the so-called border crisis. And, um, and I pointed that out to her. And the, the reality is uh, we want to get resources there. We want to make sure that, that um, you've got enough money to hire new agents, you got, that they have the material that they need. Uh, we just did a bill. Uh, we're doing two bills, one that's going to finish building the fence another and also provide all kinds of of uh, technical support for the border patrol agents and give them what they need whether it's you know the lighting that they need the roads and the infrastructure uh, all those things that they need and at the same time we're going to we as part of that bill we're going to try to close the border between the ports of entry and when you come in you're going to have to be uh, follow the law for a change the other side, Steve, they don't want to do that. They're the ones who really have the border open. And, uh, and I just say to people who, who, who demagogue on them, they say, come with me to the border. I'm happy to take you to the border and show you what's going on. I'll show you what's going on at the ports of entry. I'll show you what's going on between the ports of entry. I'll, uh, if, if the CBP will let you, I'll take you into see a soft-sided facility. They don't usually let civilians see that. But the bottom line is the other side wants this border open more than anything. So they're willing to lie, cheat, and steal uh, even on the messaging. Let me go back to, to the budget. You and Congressman Gates were one of the hard six in, uh, that really got these tremendous changes uh, that you would not budge an inch. And I know you're very close to Chip Roy. I know you're very close uh, to Eli Crane, some of the other folks that took it up to the limit but, but voted for this. You were a no. And one of the things I've been telling is that, you know, Andy Biggs has got, I don't know, 400 different proposals of bills that'll get to real cuts. And I mean, Speaker McCarthy did say it. He says, hey, these aren't, these aren't really cuts. They're stop the increase in spending, right, that we already ratcheted up in 2022. Where do we, and when I say opening bid, 
right now Politico is reporting the White House is, is completely on their back heel, okay? So when they come back and say, we're not going to increase the debt ceiling, uh, we're not going to have any cuts, you got to give us a clean, or we'll have a cup of coffee with McCarthy, but we're not budging off our what we yeah. said going to be the law. Where do we do? Do we go to what Andy Biggs wants to do? Do we go to a place of where there are real cuts? And why did you not join up and, and sign up with the squad, the traveling squad that put this together? Well, first of all, you, Chip, and I uh, worked on this type of stuff, um, and and we, he and I, work on but everything from the budget issues to the border issues together. And we work hard together. Just sometimes we 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 will have a disagreement. So we had a disagreement on this one, and and the disagreement is this: it, it is the speaker identified it very well. He said we're not actually cutting spending; we're cutting the increase in spending. So think about that: you're moving for 31.4 trillion dollars in national debt. The baseline from CBO says in 10 years that'll be 52 trillion dollars. And if you include any Biden spending, it's going to be 55 to 58 trillion. The savings here is about 4.6 to 4.8 trillion, depending on which day they gave me the numbers. But I'm going to I'm going to round it up and say it may be five trillion dollars over 10 years. So what that means is instead of uh, uh, having 52 trillion, you're going to be at 47 or 48 trillion dollars in national debt. Absolutely unsustainable. So that's one of the reasons that I introduced over 500 projected spending reductions to try to get this thing down. And I also offered additional, uh, if you took it down to 2019 levels, and I would take it down to 2019 levels on everything, except for three, three or four things. The mandatory Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and the Border Patrol, which uh, our border security. But you can't use the border security stuff to, to actually expedite people coming into the country illegally, which is what this administration would do. If you did that, you would actually kind of, you would, you would obviate the need to increase that, the, the debt ceiling. And if you, if, if we didn't fully obviate that, it would be just a very small, small increase. And uh, I just believe, Steve, if you want the same thing, then, then keep doing this. This is not the first time that Republicans have said, okay, we're going to give you a debt ceiling lift, and we just want to increase the spending at a lower level than you're proposing. Uh, and for me, that just wasn't good enough. We're on the brink. We're on the brink. Uh, uh, you know, there was a Forbes piece uh, not too long ago where the guy said, "Look, if we don't, if we don't actually bend the curve down, the trajectory down, not just a lowering of the slope, which is what's happened. Their slopes, Democrats slopes this. Where our proposed slope is this." I'm saying you got to bend it down. He's, uh, the, so the Forbes writer said, if you don't bend that slope down, guess what? You're going to, um, uh, we will lose the America as we know it. You will not have America as you know it. And that's my big concern. That's why I took the stance I did. And um, I'm hoping that if, that that Mr. McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, if, if the Senate uh, comes back and says, forget it, we're going to just raise this thing, and the White House says the same. I hope I hope we ratchet it down. I hope we ratchet it down and try to reduce the spending so maybe you don't have to have that 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 kind of uh, uh, debt ceiling increase. This is the point I'm making, is that they come back and try to do this nonsense on a clean thing and say, okay, we tried to play nice, but now let's go, let's go smash mouth. What is it, and, and look, 
McCarthy's got a tough job. I said his job much tougher than we have here in the war room. We're the dead enders. The posse's the chairman of the they're the chairman of the creditors committee. He's got to wrangle cats. But what is it that moderate Republicans and establishment Republicans don't get about what you just talked about? The math here is pretty straightforward, and these are bright people. What I don't understand is what are they missing? Because their constituents can't possibly support this insanity. What What is, I think people are questioning what's going on on our side of the football in the conference? Well, uh, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. Um, you know, some have indicated like like you had you had some folks that said that they they had to absolutely have the ethanol subsidies, right? Okay. Um, but then you're going to have to offset that with a cut somewhere else. That's what I would have said. Okay, what's, what are we cutting? What are we cutting to make, make, give you those subsidies? And, and the bottom line is there are some people, and, and, and I get it, they're looking for very particularized interest. And, um, and I'm not sure the country understands the gravity yet. Because when this country understands the gravity, believe me, then the members of Congress will understand the gravity. And I think while a lot of members of Congress see it, they don't have trouble believing it, and they can't translate it to their, their constituency, and they're afraid that they will get unelected. Uh, that's all I can, uh, that's all I can uh, guess. That's all I can hazard a guess about, Steve. Uh, Congressman, how can they find out more about this principled stand that you took? And look, we're not trying to, uh, you know, um, talk down of anybody else. This was a tough one. It was something that was important to get done. It's put the White House back on their heels. But how can people find out more? If we're going to get it out to the nation, how can the War of Posse find out more about Andy Biggs and what he's doing here? Yeah, Steve, I, before I give you that, I'll just say this. If it wasn't for the Freedom Caucus, it would not have looked anything like this. I'm just telling you, it just would not have looked anything like this. Everything that you saw in there was Freedom Caucus driven. Um, and uh, I, I really, really believe the speaker would have kind of just put a couple of tokens of, of uh, you know, some some paint or band-aids on it and send it over. But this was done by the Freedom Caucus. And so uh, I don't I don't criticize anyone uh, who worked on this. But if you want to know, I, I put out a number of videos, Steve, about leading up to this, talking about debt ceiling, what it is, talking about structural deficit, talking about why we do this. And you go to at RepAndyBiggsAZ or at Biggs.House.gov. That's going to get you to uh, to see those videos and my explanation. Congressman, you're doing the work. Keep, keep fighting. Really appreciate it, sir. Short commercial break. We'll be back in the warm in just a moment. Inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath, and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never looked more important to you. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. 
text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401ks that are tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals, either gold or silver. And here's the best part. It's tax sheltered. Let me repeat that. It's tax sheltered. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today. Take action. Junk science. That's what the doctor called many of those fruit and vegetable supplements. Junk science because they use extracts of common produce department fruits and vegetables with few health benefits. Now look, I take Field of Greens because it's the whole organic fruit and vegetable, not a watered down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. I don't eat as healthy as I should. I got that. I know it. I own it. That's why I take Field of Greens. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. And I mean way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkout checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com. And use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Do that today. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and assure your vital communications stay brighter. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon, and get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. We have Alex DeGrasse who's joining us. Alex, thank you very much. Um, 
Stefanik and team are doing an incredible job. I'm very complimentary. They able to pull leadership was able to pull this together. It's not my the bill I would want. I would want real cuts. The Warren Posse wants real cuts, but we understand to put something out there. And and Politico, Politico's kind of confirming the fact of what people thought, particularly people in leadership. So if we got something that's tough and we understand it's not perfect, and you know the the hard right of war room are, are gonna are gonna complain, right? As we should. But Politico's reporting today, which you've been talking about to me for a couple of weeks, that Biden never expected this. They're, they're kind of gobsmacked right now about where they go. And the polling shows that the American people feel that the MAGA and the Republicans are, are being straight with them in trying to settle this and not taking these extreme positions like uh, a clean debt ceiling uh, lift. Your thoughts? Yes, yeah, Steve. So yeah, Steve. The number one priority is obviously dramatic spending cuts, which the American people voted for when they put in a House Republican majority, which the posse played obviously a huge role in. And I think the key here is to get Biden to the, to the negotiating table with Speaker McCarthy. That is what the far left, Biden's handlers want to avoid at all costs, because they know when he gets in a room with the speaker, we're going to clean his clock. And they have no answer to the American people. A clean debt ceiling is off the table. I mean, Senator Manchin saying that the cracks are breaking in the Senate and the voters are on, on our side, especially in these critical districts. So they underestimated Republicans and thought that you know, for weeks you heard them going on TV, MSNBC, well, we need a plan, we need a plan. They can't pass a plan. Well, we've passed a plan and they need to meet us and have a conversation about it and how we can cut spending because it will be Joe Biden that takes us over the cliff. We've done our job as House Republicans and now Biden needs to meet us somewhere and get a handle on it. Do you think that they understand that the, the posse and much of the Freedom Caucus kind of backed off here and said, okay, if we need to do this to get to the 218, right, we'll do it. But that the there are, you know, 40 or 50 votes at least that are sitting there going, no, if you come back to us, if you try to pull this nonsense of a clean debt ceiling, you're not going to sit down with McCarthy. We're going to go where we want to go. Like Biggs is go back to 219. Let's start having some real cuts. Do you believe the Democrats right now in the House and the Senate and the Biden White House, do you think that they understand how serious our side of the football is and that we think that we can bring the American people along for even deeper cuts? I think that the, I think Democrats know that and that's why they're panicking, Steve, because we are actually pretty unified in terms of marching forward as one team. They're the ones that have issues. They don't have a plan, Steve. If they did, they would pass it. They would put out a plan. A clean debt ceiling is not a plan. I mean, that's just not gonna happen. And so that will be a choice that they make if they're gonna take us over the cliff on their side. And, you know, the polling is already on our side. That's why they're panicking, because voters are smart. And I think the posse's out there. I mean, the fact that voters understand this sort of somewhat complicated issue is pretty interesting that um, it's got pretty high, you know, voters know, I guess, in these battleground seats that there's this negotiation going on. I mean, people are t making steep cuts at home, Steve. So why can't people make steep cuts in the government? I mean, some of this stuff is very, very basic stuff as a starting point. See, the the deal is, Steve, as soon as they start admitting that they have to claw back COVID funds, that we have to cancel these Green New Deals, we've won, and then it's a free fall from there on their side, if that makes sense, right? They can't afford to give up an inch because the whole thing will crumble on their side. So there's a couple of things I want to go through. T t tell me, you're the analytics guy. As you've seen some of the polling and the data come in here, what is it, what is it telling you 
about how this is going to break, particularly if we're able to get the word out even more to the American people. So two things. In safe Republican seats, uh, we are overwhelmingly like our base is with us. They know and they've actually given faith, you know, to Speaker McCarthy. The polling numbers look really good. We understand that. Look, we've got to get in the room. We've got to negotiate in good faith. We've got to get a handle on this debt. We need steep cuts. I mean, the American people know that you need steep cuts. Cutting the government right now is actually a popular position in these battleground seats. Voters know. So that's a rare thing. I mean, it's somewhat kind of tough traditionally to get people to cut government, right? So right now, momentum is on our side, and that's what Democrats are panicking about. I think ultimately, uh, you know, these the Democrats is interesting. So they're launching negative ad campaigns in some of our swing seats. I think they're keeping the pressure up because they're trying to have us cower. So I, it's going to. This is a real big inflection point, frankly, in terms of how this is playing out for 2024, because they're leaning in and we're leaning in, and it's only going to get much hotter over the next two weeks. It's going to get hotter, and also even the way the deal structured. If you if you agree, if they agreed, which they won't, to the Republican proposal, this means we're back at the negotiating table. I don't know in November or December or January, not just on appropriations. We're we're back we're back on. Uh, we're back on hitting the debt ceiling again. So this is going to be a running gunfight all the way up to 2024. This is going to be the centerpiece of it. Two things. Number one, I want to get to the Green New Deal, but we just had Andy Biggs on here. He just got off with a county supervisor in Arizona at one of the frontline counties. They're saying, hey, we just had a conference call and they're telling us there's 700,000 to a million uh, basically illegal aliens on the other side of the border that once 42 comes off, they're just going to bum rush the gates and there's the i think it's an nbc report you got me that the democrats everybody's talking the administration say well we're out of money we, we don't have money for border patrol right now so the gates are just going to be open what is going on here sir well i think it's obviously the, the crisis here it's pretty bad i we've been getting updates it's really not even just the southern border but it's the northern border but also thousands of illegals pouring in through Canada, coming up through Mexico, um, you know, illegals pouring in New York City, then taking buses upstate. I just was watching video of local residents in Elise's district with, you know, packs of, of illegals running through, you know, these are dirt roads and farmers, Steve. I mean, it's sort of a crazy situation um, up on the border. So it's really happening everywhere and it's a total collapse of our sovereignty. That's another thing. I mean. The debt ceiling is one big issue, see, but you've got multiple, you've got this crime crisis, you've got the illegal immigration crisis, which is fuels the crime crisis, you've got this debt issue, and then you've got this energy situation with energy costs and the fact that Democrats have walked the plank, they've taken this brutal vote opposing H.R. 1, and you've got some districts, New Mexico, um, you know, other areas, Alaska, where energy is critical, and you've I mean, it's very surprising to see them vote against domestic energy. So all of these critical wedge issues that I know the posse is going to kind of dig in on as we gear up in 2024. And, you know, it's very ripe for our side. I mean, this border stuff is getting out of control and more and more voters are learning about it and figuring out what's going on. And it's getting completely out of control. Look, MAGA turned out uh, to, to deliver this house, uh, you know, the 10, 12 seats we picked up to give us the what five seat majority. Um, it, we have in our, we have our nose rubbed in every day of how, you know, New York State would provide it, at least did an incredible job. But they rub in our nose in that all those all those seats are going to swing back and they're going to swing back because <laughs> you have this ultra MAGA, you know, group in Congress. What's your sense right now with energy, with border, with crime? What's your sense right now of these swing seats that are so essential to keep in New York State? 
Are, are we in good shape? We feel like we're in great shape in New York. There's nine competitive seats. Eight of them are defense. One is a very clear offensive, probably in the Hudson Valley. It's a top 10 seat across the country. You know, I think last cycle, we really talked about like this very, very big map. And, you know, this time, a lot of the word at the top of the party is let's really, really dig in. This thing's going to be a knife fight over, you know, few seats due to redistricting, due to other factors. Obviously, there's sort of less, quote unquote, competitive seats as we see it now. So, some of these seats, it's going to be like more spending, more energy, more efforts than you've ever seen before. I think a key thing that we talked about the last time I was on the show, Steve, is, look, we really need to get out there. Our folks need to be talking to independents, traditional Democrats, soft Democrats, we call them, spreading our message on the border crisis, the debt ceiling, educating voters on early in-person voting, ballot harvesting, all these initiatives. I mean, one of the big things we've just launched with the lease is this battleground fund where all we're going to be doing is ballot harvesting and different things like that uh, in New York State. Um, because that's critical, Steve. If we don't get on board with getting votes banked, we are done. So we're going to be upping our budget across national Republicans in general for those type of efforts by like thousands of percentage points in terms of how we're going to be spending money across the board. So there's a lot of big news kind of going out on that front. And the key is for everyone is, you know, MAG is all in. I mean, we're looking in the weeds. We understand the debt ceiling, but getting out there and sort of educating these swing voters, independent voters, Democrats, because once they know the facts, they frankly are on our side. I mean, people understand we can't write a blank check for Joe Biden. I mean, it's a disaster. They understand how much we're paying a gas. 90% of Americans in the polling, Steve, want to increase domestic traditional energy. I mean, 90%. I mean, there's no better issue polling wise. And you've got Democrats in areas where you've got massive energy jobs, Colorado, New Mexico, Alaska, and they vote against reducing the permitting process. I mean, those are thousands of jobs. These people can't help themselves. And, you know, this ultra MAGA thing is a scam. I mean, all they're trying to do is juice their own turnout, which they frankly did do successfully. And I think that was an issue we had, you know, turning out the Democrats. I mean, they came out and drove just like we did. So we need to be prepared for that. And the way to cut their numbers down is by bringing independence and cutting through the noise with the issue set that we need to deliver, I would say. Last question. If uh, Biden, you see all the political story, if Biden, because there's some voices in Biden's White House are telling him, play hardball now, your whole presidency rides on this. Just come back and say, no, nah, it's got to be clean or nothing. Do you think that galvanizes uh, the MAGA forces in the House to get the moderates on board that we got to be tougher here, that you, we tried to meet them halfway, you try to accommodate, uh, and you just got to put up in your face. Do you think a Biden rejection of this offer from the House will actually empower the Freedom Caucus and more of the MAGA elements to convince some of these moderates that, hey, we, we, you can't negotiate, you can't, these guys are, are never going to be straightforward in this, and we got to play hardball? I think I think you're going to see some of that, but I think the key is going to be like the ball. I mean, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, the ball is really in their court. I mean, we we did our job in the House. I mean, we've got a bill passed that, you know, cuts spending massively, does, you know, this and that. But Speaker McCarthy said himself, this is just the beginning. I mean, I believe they've pro I've read reporting, although I don't know for sure they promised a ballot budget amendment. I think that was I read that in regards to Nancy Mace and some other things. So this is just the start of, like you said, a total gunfight through 2024 and momentum's on our side in the polling where voters know that we need to substantially cut the government. I mean, you don't see that often over the last 10 to 20 years where people want to slash government right now. They do. And so I think that's why you've got the momentum on our side, whether it's MAGA moderates 
everyone's somewhat together, like Congressman Biggs was saying, while he didn't agree with the bill, it's, you know, the people like Chip Roy, other conservatives that have worked on it, um, you know, it's sort of a good starting point, obviously. Now, whether there's another bill or things like that, I'm not sure. But reality is we did our job, ultimately, as House Republicans, and now Joe Biden needs to come back. I mean, I don't think the American people are going to accept uh, him not doing anything. I mean, ultimately, they will implode in the polls. They will have to do something. So it will be very interesting to see how that plays out, because I do think you're going to see movement in the Senate. You're seeing Manchin, maybe Cinema, some other folks that are going to say, we need to do something. So maybe there's a bill that moves in the Senate, then they're cut loose, just like that crime bill, uh, Steve, which is not to go on another tangent, but that crime bill we're seeing is one of the top polling issues. I mean, the Biden White House said, don't vote for that Republican bill to override DC's crime bill, DC, which is a total hellhole. Then they broke in the House, they broke in the Senate. Now they, you know, then they had, a, you know, they, the Biden people signed it, right? Biden signed it. So yeah. The, they don't have a handle on the basic facts, and that's how this is playing out. So it's going to be really interesting, but I'm not sure about another bill or things like uh, different things like that. I think in the future, there'll have to be another one, obviously, but in the short term, I'm not sure. Uh, Alex, how do people follow you on social media? How do they get to the website or a team and lease to get more of the information, all the stuff you're working on? Well, leastephonic.com is a good place to start. And then I'm on Twitter, Degrasse81, Getter, at Degrasse, Truth, and all of it. Appreciate everyone. But the key, everyone, is find your 510 independents, start now educating them on our issue set and getting the word out because that's what's going to make the difference. And get them to the polls early. Okay, Alex DeGrasse, thank you very much. Honor to have you on here. Nicole, new federal state. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm tomorrow we're going to have Jane Zirko and I'm going to go, we're going to break down this, uh, the, 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 um, uh, Michelle, uh, the Praz Michelle case where he's guilty on all charges, $100 million trying to get Miles go out. We're going to get to that. There's all types of uh, rumors out there about and information coming about Miles and what's happening. I want to get to that tomorrow. I do want to focus on today something quite powerful because the new federal state's done a tremendous job up on Capitol Hill of educating congressmen about what the reality is of the Chinese Communist Party and what they're trying to do, not just to Miles's followers and, and people like yourself, the new federal state, where it's at the tip of the spear of combating the uh, the Chinese Communist Party, but what they're doing with, with Chinese nationals in America. Can you walk through this amazing letter that's that's been sent over to Christopher Ray at the FBI, ma'am? Yeah, so I just happened to see this letter uh, drafted by Mike Gallagher, chairman of the committee on the CCP. And this letter was sponsored by, uh, supported by 12 uh, lawmakers, congressmen or women in the, um, in the House, including Neil Dunn, uh, Michelle Steele, and Jim Banks. I, I applaud this letter. Basically, this letter is demanding answers from the FBI about when did they become and how did they become aware of the CCP's rampant uh, law enforcement, which is illegal, totally illegal, on the U.S. soil. And according to the uh, letter, you know, it's actually a human rights group called Defenders uh, Reports first broke the news about uh, the discovery over 100, more than 100 CCP's uh, overseas uh, police station spread all over the world, including uh, one in New York City. So that report uh, broke the news back in September last year. And in February, um, members of the Congress wrote a letter to the FBI demanding their investigation. And then the FBI uh, waited until October last year 
to issue the search, uh, the search of that of a location in Lower Manhattan. And the arrest announcement just came in uh, days ago. So basically, these lawmakers are demanding the FBI to answer. You know, basically, it's an oversight uh, issue because we know we all know FBI's job is to identify and monitor the threats before they became a harm to the to the community. And now they're relying on the public source information and start acting only upon everybody has been aware of the threat. Here's, here's what I understand. Miles, and we know this, Miles was, you know, had FBI people working with him from the very beginning time he got to the United States. He was very upfront. He, he had come on war room yeah. years ago. I had been on his show years ago. He used to talk about this, one of the key elements, the Ministry of State Security would threaten Chinese nationals here, particularly the anti-CCP, with problems with their families back home. How did the FBI, in your belief, how did the FBI miss something that's out there in broad daylight and now is gonna be a huge thing because these congressmen, we've checked with some of the staffs, they're very, they're outraged that this was allowed to go on and only now the FBI's moved on it. Any thoughts on that, ma'am? Yeah, it's very disturbing because as a Chinese American who have been living in this country for over 20 years, I've seen very similar um, CCP police uh, station or CCP front organization across the United States of America, and you know, ranging from the East Coast to West Coast, or from LA to San Francisco to Chicago to Houston, uh, and all over the places. And why? they're only making arrests in New York City. And uh, so this is deeply troubling because the Chinese American people are the biggest victim of the CCP's police station. And that's why the people who are living in this country, I have a lot of Chinese American friends, they are afraid of speaking truth to the power. They are afraid of coming to the camera and to expose the CCP's uh, uh, illegal activities because they're being held um, as hostage of, you know, by the CCP's uh, secret police station on the U.S. soil, and usually, um, you know, the Chinese American people have their loved ones back in China, and the CCP police station will start making harassment against their loved ones back in China. And but the most important thing, these illegal CCP's front organization or United Front organization, they do not just spy on the Chinese dissidents. They're getting involved into the local politics. Remember uh, Eric Swawa, I mean, his campaign was, was helped by Fan Fan, who is a CCP uh, spy. And uh, also the CCP police station in New York, they put together fundraising activities for the local politicians. And we heard from the news, Chuck Schumer and Mayor uh, um, uh, Eric Adams returned the money they, they, they got from the CCP police uh, station's operative. They returned the money. And so there's so many things that we need to, I, I like to you know demand more actions. Leo DiCaprio said in the trial that Joe Lo, who's an agent of the Chinese Communist Party, and they helped him steal the money, talked about putting $40 million into the Democratic Party. $40 million to basically get more activity of the Chinese Communist Party. Nicole, we're gonna be back on tomorrow, and we'll talk about all this update on Miles, particularly what we're hearing out of mainland China, or what she action she's taking. Uh, till then, how do people get to you? How do they get to New Federal State? How do they get to your news program? How do they get to you? 
Uh, follow our website, nfscofficial.com, and also our Twitter handler is NFSC Speak and Getter NFSC Speaks. I mean, there's so much to talk about the Price Michelle case because this is a, a story that has been suppressed and censored by the mainstream uh, media. And American people need to know the truth because you deserve to know the truth of why Mr. Moscow CCP enemy number one is behind the bar. This is not about his personal individual liberty. This is about your country's justice system that has been weaponized by the CCP. Thank you so much for having me today. Amen. Amen. Truer words have never been spoken. Miles Gore is the first guy to come here in this country and warn us about the CCP specifically. This is not about China. It's not about Lai Beijing. It's not about the Chinese people. They're not the enemy of our country. The Chinese Communist Party is the enemy of the Chinese people, and they're the enemy of the American people. Nicole, thank Amen. you very much. The, thank your, you. You show heroism every day by doing this. So thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And it is going to be on fire. Darren Beatty is going to be my wingman tomorrow. Darren Beatty will be in studio for both hours right now as my co-host. See you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700 
100,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.